just a segment of the show now. Just like something. Okay, we're gonna talk about climate change. Also, Arya, say something sexual. Is it you <laughs> saying the sexual stuff? Oh, adorable. I'm normally the horny one. Oh my god. Hi, Aria. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm so good. Lucy, how are you? Oh, you know how it is. I am fantasy from reality. Utterly fantastic and amazing. Oh, I was scrolling along Facebook today and I noticed uh, a lot of these satellite images from NASA of Lake Mead. And it's really disheartening. And really, like, devastating to see the effects that climate change is, is having on us. And I guess I just want to talk about that uh, a little bit this week. And and I hear they have this new climate bill uh, that was passed through the Senate. So hopefully that'll actually do something. And I wanted to talk about what it actually would do so that we can become well-informed citizens. So, um, Lake Mead, have you seen anything about that, Aria, Lucy? I have. I've seen um, the pictures as well. I think. With the way that, um, I don't think a lot of people understand how, like, originally, if you remember back in the day, they used to call climate change global warming. Mm-hmm. You know, the planet is heating up, and it is through the actions of us humans. But um, I think a lot of people don't understand that the reason you can still have, like, flooding in some areas and droughts in others is because it's with the new changes in, for instance, ocean temperatures and that acidity you're going to have shifting weather patterns to the extent that some places are going to become wet and um, like more flooding and other places are going to become more dry and arid. Yeah. I think, um, I think a lot of people don't understand that distinction between climate and weather because you can have, you know, wildly different weather patterns depending on where you are, but climate is uh, a whole different thing. Like you can have an overall warming pattern, that's being affected by human co2 production and still get like cold winters like i've 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 seriously heard people try to say like oh the winter in such and such a place is really cold this year that must mean climate change isn't real it's like no that's not how that works oh yeah i've heard that as well like i've I've literally had family say that because you know some of my louisiana family are deeply religious it's snowing outside today climate change debunked yeah and i'm like that's that's not how this works like, there's so many different factors that go into play here. Uh, according to Newsweek, that 10% of Americans don't believe in climate change and 15% are onshore. I think that that is an astronomical amount of people that denounce this uh, happening. I think that's really bad. Well, I mean, still, if you look at the numbers, more people understand and accept uh, climate change than don't. The issue is, is that mainly our politicians um like i I feel they understand the issue they just don't give a shit because they make money off of uh the things that contribute to climate change so it's not going to impact them it's not going to impact them in the long run because they have all this money they don't have to worry about it oh it will impact them they just don't care right now because it's making money for them like it's going to affect all of us now the wealthy won't be felt they won't feel it as bad because you know they'll, they'll have the resources but they will feel it like there no one is going to go through this unscathed it's just the varying degrees of how much each of us is going to get fucked the, not affluent people like myself are going to get majorly fucked people who are in congress and make buttloads of money they're going to be just mildly inconveniently fucked 
Yeah. Yeah, there's some there's some very wealthy um oil and gas executives that are building um flood proof architecture around their beach houses. They understand exactly what's going on even if they're putting out propaganda to the contrary. So the intergovernmental inter intergovernmental panel on climate change forwarded a special report disclosing the statistics about how climate change stating the limiting global warming to 34 degrees fahrenheit requires taking drastic measures they say for this to happen the whole planet needs to drop carbon dioxide emissions by 45 percent from the levels reached in 2010 and that needs to happen by 2030 to reach net zero by 2050 so there's this new bill that's out there you heard about it yes yes so i wonder if that has any effect on maybe helping with that net zero i'm looking through some of the papers that i have well, what it says here is the law includes $360 billion in new and extended clean energy tax credits meant to incentivize energy companies and public utilities to produce more solar, wind, and hydropower energy. These tax credits are meant to encourage manufacturers to make more renewable energy equipment, such as solar panels or wind turbines. Yeah, I think they need to change, I need to, I think they need to um, change a lot of stuff currently when it comes towards um, renewable energies. Like, for instance, if you do get solar at one point, if you're putting too much solar power back into the grid, they would charge you for that. And honestly, you could kind of just divert that to a battery nowadays is what they're doing. But I don't know. It's just a weird time to be in because I feel that I know there's like a lot of misnomers involving uh, renewable energy. Like you'll you hear these people say something that like Elon Musk, who I call Musky Boy, said where he's like, oh, you know, if we had um, solar panels the size of Manhattan, we could power the entire U.S. grid for like every day, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, mm, that's not how that works. Like, can't have a solar panel in one central area and then expect them to, to be able to ship that power like it's on trucks or something. Right. How are you going to that, that requires? There is so much going on. Uh, this package apparently includes $1.5 billion to go to oil companies and gas companies to reduce their emissions of methane, which traps heat in the atmosphere, and then another $27 billion to go towards so-called green banks, which help promote public and private investment in clean energy infrastructure technology profit or uh, strategies. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of abuse of money happening with this bill well yeah especially if they're incentivizing it through like credits did you read in it is it is it doing like it did before where it was like if you go above a certain amount we're gonna tax you or we're gonna put a, a penalty on you they are you. yes so they're 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 doing both they're doing um uh, credit incentives to produce more clean energy and also um there's I think that's the, the green bank thing. They're setting up a fund for um, companies that are polluting that they have to contribute into via taxes to um, compensate for the pollution that they're creating. Yeah. So the reason that that didn't work last time was because a company would just look at the amount that it's going to be taxed. So say they're going to be taxed like 50,000 per unit that they go over and they, they look at it and they say, well, oh, we're going to make like a million per unit that we go over they're gonna just see that as like a small fee to their overall wealth they're like oh it's fifty thousand. okay i'm making a mill on this what's fifty thousand? so unless they make it like a really large number unlike they did before like some of these states 
did a similar model and they did initially see a, a cut on the uh, pollution, but then it started to skyrocket again until they adjusted for the for human greed. So if they were to go and make it where instead of it's like a small thousands of dollars tax and turn it into like a billion dollar tax, then it would then it would make sense because then they're going to see as they approach that number and they're going to be like, oh, no, we need to stop. Yeah, that's one one problem I've been hearing about this bill is the problem with incentives, because um, it's it's mostly carrots and not sticks. So giving more money to fossil fuel industries um, in in the hopes that they'll do less less polluting. But at the same time, uh, legislators are worried about keeping gas prices down for the general consumers. So I, I feel like why they're incentivized like they're making a they're the legislators they need to be making laws that need to be implemented but the problem is, is they're benefiting from the companies that they'd be making laws against how it doesn't make sense to me how they're they're they're, they're literally passing laws and then saying well here's some money maybe you should like not do that stuff and it's like yes but you literally could just make laws <laughs> and set in place and like put the resources that you have in in what you have to to produce renewable energy like i don't understand what the what the all this bureaucracy and all the red tapes about like this planet is on fire yeah it is but and, until it gets to the point where they can't make money they're not going to care that's just how they do it's, it's, it's disgusting just yeah one, one problem is you have the lawmakers have to be able to sell it to people like mm -hmm. it's it's hard to get a lot of people motivated around something that feels kind of nebulous like climate change if gas prices are skyrocketing so yeah. we're kind of we're kind of um in between a rock and a hard place working in this paradigm where um gas and fossil fuels are still reigning supreme and legislators are working are are they have to work in that paradigm and you can kind of see that, like, we've kind of built this hole ourselves because every time that we've increased money to go towards, like, um, renewable uh, renewable resources or more clean cars and stuff like that, we've given for every, like, $1 that we give the green energy, like, uh, sector, we'll give, like, a million to fossil fuels. It's really ridiculous. Like, for instance, we've had electric cars for a very long time. I want to say it was like, uh, I forget the exact date, but I think it was around like the 1930s. We just didn't go with the um, the cable car idea, kind of like how Japan would have had, kind of like how Japan kind of has. We didn't go with that because, um, mainly because of the fear from World War II. We're like, maybe we should make roads so we can take off in the middle of the uh, the middle of the, the state if need to. And now that would never happen anyways. So we really need to start moving away from it. And, you know, switching to electricity for some of our vehicles and stuff, that would be nice. However, that also has its own issues. Like the rare earth metals that are used in that, very harmful to the environment. You really have to dig in certain areas for that. And you will become dependable on on certain nations in order to uh, get those metals um, just because of how toxic it is to mine for them. But another thing... Like just going green isn't good enough because say for instance you get an electric car and you're powering it every day, you're not using gas, you're still outputting a pretty large carbon footprint because of where we get most of our electricity from. Mm -hmm. Most of our electricity is still from coal um, and fossil fuels. So we need to remove we need to get away from that and start using more renewable and nuclear power. And I know that scares a lot of people because all they hear is like 
Chernobyl and Fukushima, but it's like oh. there are new technologies to prevent stuff like that. And if we make sure that when we build it, we're not just being, you know, well, let's go with the most amount of work with the cheapest amount of labor. If we go for more quality and safety, we won't have stuff like that. I was going to say that's a part of this bill I appreciate is that uh, a portion of funding is going to be dedicated to upkeep for nuclear power plants. Oh, that's very needed. I found uh, three reasons why nuclear power is necessary. Nuclear power energy protects air quality and uh, is a zero emission clean energy source. It also is nuclear energy's land footprint is small and nuclear energy provides or uh, produces minimal waste. Lucy, you're smart. Tell us more about that. Exactly what nuclear is. Well, all, all nuclear is, is it's like a fundamental property of the universe. Um, it's, it's essentially, if you remember back in the day, the alchemists being like, we want to turn lead into gold. Mm -hmm. You can do that, but it takes a lot of energy and a, a lot of like sh shooting particles near the speed of light into each other to cause fusion. Well, when you go in the opposite direction of fusion, because all, fus all fusion is, is you're fusing elements together. The sun does it. Every star in the universe does it. It's basically goes from hydrogen to helium and then so forth, so forth, naturally all the way up to iron. Well, when you go in the reverse, when you split apart uh, molecule or atoms and make or let them kind of like uh, go to the basically the one that's after them or just take the the uh, energy that comes off of that it produces a lot of heat when you do what's called fission versus fusion so fission is splitting it fusion is combining it so when you let it decay into its natural uh, form or not natural because it's all trying to go downhill to its uh, a base state there's a lot of physics involved and it's hard to go through it without like sitting and explaining a lot of things. But basically just by its existence, it puts off a lot of uh, energy it, as it decays. There's a lot of radioactive energy that's coming out. So what they do is they take some uh, distilled water, put it in a solution, drop some, some rods in it that are normally considered control rods to kind of control the, the reaction. And what happens is, is when you put these, when you put this nuclear material in this water, what it does is it heats up and it produ produces steam. And that steam then goes and turns a turbine, which is a bunch of magnets on it. Um, and what that does is that produces a flow because uh, electromagnetic is basically a force in our universe. And they're the same side, uh, or they're two sides of the same coin. So once it starts to turn, what happens is it starts to generate electricity. That's how you get stuff like RF, just an oscillation between electricity. Um, but that's basically what they do. They just use a steam generator that's powered by uh, nuclear waste. Well, not nuclear waste, but nuclear components. And it is it is very clean compared to some, like in the sense of there's no air pollution. When you're burning uh, coal and stuff like that to do the exact same thing, it produces a lot of... Uh, of waste and if you actually look at the statistics of people who have died from low air quality it's much more mm, it's much more than it needs to be like there's a lot of people who've died from poor air quality including those who have asthma and this would completely eliminate that but to even top things off is germany actually figured out a way to do 
Well, we think that they figured out a way to do um, fusion itself on a much colder level. It's that old term, cold fusion. It's really just fusion at room temperature instead of in the uh, belly of stars. But with the new stuff that they're doing, we might actually be finally like 30 to 40 years away from it. Unlike back in the 90s, and they'd be like, in 10 years, we're going to have fusion. What exactly is, is fusion again? Is that is that similar to nuclear or... No, it's the same. Oh, that's what I was explaining in the beginning. Fusion is the com com uh, combination when you're combining uh, elements to produce their next state. It gives off energy. So if I take, so if you look at the sun, the sun is a big ball of hydrogen and helium. And what's happening is, is it's using gravity to combine. I think it's what is it? Two hydrogen to make four helium? I forget. I forget the exact number because you know I haven't had to look through that up in a while. But it takes like it takes two molecules of hydrogen converting to helium. Well, once it does that, it gives off a lot of energy. Um, that's why the sun is so you know it, it it radiates so much heat and light because that's what it does. It gives off a lot of heat and light. So when it does that, it's fusing an element to create a new element. In this instance, it's not really new per se. We know what it is. It's just new in the sense that like that wasn't there before and it's here now. And that's what that's what the fusion thing does is it gives off a lot of energy and it's a lot safer. So regular nuclear uh, fission is very safe if you follow the protocols and stuff. Um, and it makes a lot of energy. But nuclear fusion is equally safe, if not more, and it gives off no waste. So that's the issue of why we've always been trying to solve it. It's just never been really possible at Earth temperatures. So what you're saying is that nuclear gives off waste and they use that waste to power energy? To create energy? No. Um, so nuclear, nuclear uh, are you referring to nuclear fusion or nuclear fission? Nuclear fission. So I want to. I want to like separate. I want to understand the two separately because I'm still just trying to get a better picture of like where we're get, trying to go to. What you're saying in like 40 years. That's fusion. So where yeah. we're at now. Fusion's waste is essentially just lower elements on the periodic table. So if you were mm -hmm. to take hydrogen and it turn it to helium, which we kind of need because we're running out of helium as well. Um, you're just taking molecules of hydrogen, which are very abundant, and you're literally turning it into energy. Not like the idea of taking water, separating the molecules with an electrical current, and then burning off the hydrogen and oxygen. That's a very bad idea, and it's very, you, you get a net energy loss. So with nuclear fission, uh, nuclear, not fusion, but fission, you take a radioactive chemical or radioactive element such as like plutonium, uranium, or I think they use cobalt these days. I forget what they use exactly these days. And that, while it's decaying, gives off a lot of energy. Like if you take, um, I think it's plutonium, and you put it in a room, a dark room with no light sources, it will literally glow. When you see this glow, it's really bad for you, and you are being radiated with non or uh, with uh, ionizing radiation, which is very unhealthy for you. So that process alone gives off a lot of energy, and if you put it in with certain other metals, it'll cause reactions that will turn water or heat water, which will then produce steam, which will then turn turbines and generate energy or electricity. It does create nuclear waste that we do have to take uh, care to store. 
it's not a lot compared to coal. Like, it's insignificant compared to coal. But nuclear fission, uh, nuclear fusion does not produce a waste that we cannot use. It doesn't produce radioactive waste. It produces waste that we can use in everyday stuff. It's actually much safer and much more uh, needed. What exactly is radioactive waste? Radioactive waste, it's like... Um, how would we? Because you that? know we've seen those. We've always seen those movies where they're like, oh, they turn into you know like mm, extra. We know the memes in the Simpsons episodes and fail. We yeah. need, need your radioactive insight. waste is basically <laughs> it's once so the element is trying to get to its like ground state. Um, if you put extra, if I put extra electrons on, say for instance, oh, what is it? Hmm. Carbon, like carbon fourteen. So what happens is, is, is carbon-14 is 14 electrons more than it needs. It's normally made when somebody detonates a nuclear explosion. So there's no car- carbon-14 on Earth naturally anymore. And what happens is, is every time you drop a nuke and create an explosion with it, carbon-14 is made. So that's carbon that has an extra set of electrons in its cloud. Well, over time these electrons are passed off because it's trying to get to its ground state. You can imagine um, imagine uh, an, uh, a molecule or an, a nucleus of an atom as being, it, the ground state is when it's at the bottom floor. Well, each electron you put on it is an extra step. And whatever step that you stop off on, you're putting a slinky. Well, that slinky just you know, falls over until it gets to its ground state where there's no more potential energy in it that you can get like a net positive off of. So that's all that it's doing is when you have radioactive material, which right now you have some in you, if you've eaten a banana, you've had radioactive material in you going outside, there's radiation. All the all the uh, molecule is trying to do is get back to that ground state. So what happens is, is it starts to decay. And each time it decays, it gives off energy. And we can utilize that energy for stuff. For instance, carbon-14 decays, and we use the amount of carbon-14 on your body to date each of your organs. Like before, I'm sure you've heard the argument of the ship of thesis where people are like, well, every molecule in your body is replaced every seven years. Due to carbon-14, we know that that's not the case. There are parts of your body that stay with you from when you are born to when you die. And that's basically nuclear physics in a very layman-esque terms uh in a nutshell it's not scary it's not gonna like kill all of us it it's actually very safe it's actually safer than many of the uh other forms of energy well i certainly enjoyed that little bit of science class that we had there now aria on the science like psychological side of things can you give us a little perspective on how to handle the misinformation that's going to come around this like there was a big push back in the 70s and 80s um among certain elements of the environmentalist movements that was back when um some of the high profile nuclear disasters were more recent and they had a big push to um get out negative information about um nuclear power i mean there's not much we can do to um change a lot of people's minds other than just put out correct information and say like nuclear energy is far cleaner and safer than oil and gas and it's um, more consistent at producing the energy that we need than wind and solar is at the moment keep combating misinformation with correct information and that's about it's about all we can do i think i was uh thinking about the 
current state of the world and and how much is happening and you know as as us ladies that we do that we do this show and we we cover a lot of current events and it can get daunting for me at least and i'm trying to find balance in between you know being you know in engulfed in this in this news cycle and and staying up to date to be relevant and provide accurate information it can get um it can cause anguish and i've experienced a lot of that uh this past week and so i just want to get you know some of your some of your perspective on uh how you navigate life uh, especially as a trans woman feeling like it doesn't matter because it's all just going to fall apart in a few years so why even put my best foot forward and it's just, I mean, I, I put my best foot forward nonetheless, but still. I, I don't assume it's all going to collapse. I'm in, I'm in a insufferable or incurable optimist. Like we could be heading for Mad Max or we could be heading for Star Trek. We, we can't predict the future. Or we could be doing both. Maybe we have to go through the Mad Max in order to become the Star Trek. Oh, Ooh. that's how it was in Star Trek. That's true. It was. We had to get, we had to get through the nuclear war before we could get to the, the future <laughs> and- with replicators. And the climate uh, collapse, remember? Because they were having a climate collapse, nuclear war, um, or nuclear fallout, all this stuff. And then they're like, yo, we're a bunch of fools. Yeah. Like, let's get our shit together. Oh, God. Wouldn't that be a dream if all if we could all just be like, wow, we, we're really, like, fucking this shit up. Let's, like, try to be better before we all ruin it. I, well, I, I just... think fundamentally a lot of people are trying to do better. I'm not saying everyone, because I think... Um, Honestly, I don't believe everyone is trying to do better. I think that's more along the lines of like how liberals think. I'm a leftist, and I know that there are people, there are bad aspects of it who don't really care about making things better, but maintaining power and control. Mm-hmm. And I think once enough people recognize that like these people are fucking us over, then things will change more because we don't need to live in the society that we have today. Like, as we've stated numerous times, the root cause of this is the capitalistic society that we mm-hmm. live in. That's and nice. I feel that once people start to catch on to that, especially once you get to a certain point where robotics, because robot, let's, let's face it with a lot of advancing technology, one day robots will be able to do everything. And at that point, what are you going to do? Are, are you just going to have no one to work and everyone's going to be poor, homeless. while the people who own the robots are affluent and wealthy. And it's only going to be like, 10 people who own these things like it's not going to work out that way you're going to have people Mm -hmm. want to revolt so like it wants these like for instance if you take the drivable cars because there's several companies that were making drivable cars if you were to get that perfected make it safe that would take away a lot of trucking jobs and that is a job that hires a very large percentage of people with the old way that we used to do it when you get what's called creative destruction, which is when a new technology comes along, it's creative and it destroys or destabilizes the previous, um, I would say, standing of a job. Like we saw it with, uh, you know, when they used to have people who would not necessarily secretaries, but for instance, typing classes and everybody learned how to type. Now the people who had those classes are kind of like gone because everybody starts off from childhood with it those jobs were gone because of the new um ease ease of getting a computer so or for instance typewriter repair or film and photography how it's switched to digital now and a lot of what's that remember that video i that youtube video by brit monkey i showed you don't be a climate change doomer yeah yeah mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'm, I really like that video. I'm plugging it here because it's fantastic. Basically, the the synopsis of it is we are way ahead of expectations as far as creating new green energy technologies and implementing those technologies. Like the use of wind and solar has exploded in recent history. And I, I think it just goes to show that, um, you know, we can get caught up in the doom and gloom because the situation is bad. Situation yeah. is obviously bad, but humans have a lot of ingenuity, and we have very stick aroundedness. I like to think. Yeah, we're very resilient. You humans. We're very resilient, so I like to keep up that op optimistic spirit. Yeah, have you I, seen? I have you seen these places out there in uh, Singapore? These green mountain towers and how the architecture is incorporating green landscape and, and agriculture. I don't know if these are fake or not, or if these are real, but... I think some of those are fake. I don't think all of them are real. Because um, I don't remember seeing some of that in Singapore. Well, I've seen stuff like this. If you zoom in, you, you'll be able to see better. But, like, these houses yeah, are like super that. cool. But I don't think the other ones... The other ones are concept art, it looked like. But I think the reason that a lot of places that are much larger have to, they kind of have to rely on green energy. You can't, to make a transmission cable to, that would span all of China would take a lot of infrastructure right now. That's kind of like how in Australia, they don't have um, internet, but they don't have ground cables for the internet through all of Australia because of how big it is. It's just not something that's economically feasible. So they use stuff like Viasat with um, their satellites and whatnot. So that it's kind of like a similar thing in a lot of these um, East countries, or I don't know, I, I guess, it, is it correct to say Asian countries? I don't know. Um, a lot of places aren't going to want to invest in that level of infrastructure when there is a much cheaper and better alternative. And some of that would be wind and solar or high or or thermal uh, lucy you, you might know something about this I've, I've read a little bit about water desalination plants and how that could be a good route to go but a lot of countries aren't investing in it for that reason because it's too yeah costly. it's very costly so yeah. all water desalination is is it removes the saline or the salt from water and purifies it the issue with that is that it is very costly and it is very expensive at the moment because we haven't invested a lot of uh, technology into that infrastructure as well as into the technology itself. So a lot of military vessels have desalination plants where they produce like hundreds of thousands of gallons of water per day. And it is it is very possible to do. The issue is, is just mainly the infrastructure. We would have to build these water desalination plants everywhere to do it. And it would mainly work on just the coast um so what we'd have to do is ship water out to other locations or we'd have to uh set up pipelines and stuff like that it 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 would require a lot of work like to do you, that's, um, do you think that's a good direction to go i do yeah we should be using a lot of that to we should make these plants and um, you can make them solar because they don't have to be near a city um, or not too close to a city or, or even wind powered you could take that and you could put that water towards mitigating some of the usage of these aquifers by, say, farmers. That way we have more water because a lot of the water usage is being used by farmers. Oh, well, a lot of people don't realize uh, that Lake Mead specifically is uh, most of that water. I think it's 58 percent of it goes towards California and its agriculture use. Only yeah, it's point, only only four percent goes to Nevada. 
because Lake Mead and Colorado River, what I've learned from what I was reading this week, is all split up in four different sections, and yeah. Nevada is the one that gets the least amount of water. But I've also found out for those that, because I thought to myself, oh, what about Las Vegas and all their use of water? They actually use well water in the aquifers underneath the Las Vegas Valley to power all those hotels. And from what I've read, they're very big in the, into ensuring that they recycle and they like, like, I don't know, they, they just ensure that the systems that they have in place are ensuring that yeah. they like you no could, waste. You take the gray water um, and you treat it. You can do the same with uh, uh, black or not black. What is it? Brackish water. I forget. Gray water is the easiest to treat. Um, poop water takes a while um that's why you have like those oxygenated water tanks and whatnot to kill out to you know kill off bacteria and whatnot but one thing that we'd have to do is we could start switching from these big open fields that use up a lot of sulfur and or not sulfur uh phosphorus through their fertilizer use and then you know get blown off by the wind and start using the new technologies that japan had came up with involving using certain frequencies of light um and basically large greenhouses where they kind of use, they maximize the amount of space. So doing stuff like that would kind of help use some of the water because you could collect it easier and keep reusing it. And at the same time, uh, if we were to start using desalination, desalinated water, that would really cut down on a lot of this uh, usage of water. So we're thinking nuclear power and uh, desalinating water are pretty good steps to go towards helping alleviate some of the problems that we're facing well yeah the, the, the issue like we know how to correct the issue the issue is that we built this infrastructure to go off of this old way and it's very costly to change things up it's but very, we don't have a we're not gonna have a choice we're not gonna have a choice in the matter that's that's the that's yeah the but thing. until that point where people are like oh fuck we don't have a choice but to do this or else we're kind of fucked most people aren't going to be willing to make that that call. So you're going to need to vote in the right people who are willing to make that call beforehand. Because uh, I'm sure Arya knows, you know, Keynesian economics. At this instance, we could use that to increase the economy by giving a lot of government jobs to change this new infrastructure. Yeah. Never let never let climate change deniers hold positions of power. Never. never. Well, a few of them just got elected into office. It's like Liz Cheney, who's trying to oust Trump, I'm sure he never runs for president, just got ousted and was yeah. uh, had a, somebody that was a Trump supporter take her place. So we're seeing a rise on Trump supporters and anti-climate change uh, people being elected because... Are you with him on like 99%, 90, no, it was 93% of uh, his his uh, stances. The only issue is she pointed out that like, oh, you know, I'm I'm all for this other horrible stuff but i am not for you ending our democracy so uh, i'd say it's it, oh you know. yeah so that's if this was any other time i'd be like yes good bye lishani but in this case it was like she's the only one trying to stop this 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 dictator from this wannabe dictator this crazy they there was a word for a kleptocracy i looked it up he's a klepto a kleptocratic a uh, corrupted politician that that uses the systems in place to 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 fund more money into his operations Oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of like how Bush and him did, like with Cheney. Like, um, when I was I was in the military when he was in office, and like suddenly all the company that made all his uh the company that he owned a very large stock in started making all the planes for the Navy. It was crazy. They're like, oh, oh this my is god, super super Hornet. This is the F eighteen Rhino, and it's like, what? 
what well so so we're you know we're talking about like climate change and like the systems are gonna we're gonna have to see real effects on our society before we as a species are going to really start to do something and that's something that i've been feeling i've been feeling like dim and gloom like i want to have a future i have this life that i want to live but like it's it's and i inside internally i'm going to still push for that life but the the back of my mind i guess lately i've been feeling like oh it's all going to fall apart like there's going to be a civil war the democracy is going to collapse civilization capitalism's goodness is you know it's all it's it just seems like well our future is just so bleak i I feel our mad max overlords what is mad i don't i've never seen mad max never seen (laughs) mad max is an old film from uh i want to say like the 80s where uh australia at the time it was just australia in the first movie becomes a wasteland because they're they've destroyed the climate and it was like mel gibson's like major role back in the day um and it becomes like it's where you get the idea the common like ideas of wearing leather with spikes and stuff like that and being raiders kind of comes from for the post-apocalyptic worlds so it's like after a nuclear war, um, they're running low on water and fuel, but everybody drives these like muscle cars and they race each other and get into shootouts. And then the second one came out and it's basically the same thing and same thing with the next one. It's just a, a post-apocalyptic world. So that's where we're headed. We're heading to a, 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 an apocalyptic world. Well, you gotta get. You have to get through the Mad Max era to get to the Star Trek era. Like, don't you want your flying spaceships? Do you think I that humanity is for- gonna make that? Do you think humanity is even gonna make it to that? Yeah, we already have. We have starships. Mm-hmm. You gotta. You gotta just hope that it's a. Uh, it's kind of like a nihilistic approach. Like, you either will or you won't. And if you don't, I won't be around to know. Okay, all right. We'll see you Saturday, Aria. I'm going to go shower. All right, bye, everyone. Thanks bye. so much. Bye. Bye, bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, Lucy. Bye. Pretend the world is a field full of weeds and you have to be the hoe that fixes it. You got to go plow it. Find out. That's what I do. As long as there's consent. Make sure there's yes. consent. Don't fuck things that do not consent because that's not sex, fam. That's not sex.